welcome back to the Tiffany and Tyron podcast. How was your week, Tiffany? It was uh, very interesting. <laughs> I guess you had a pretty eventful week, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. Um, yeah. hey, this is our second episode. Yes, it is. And we told our listeners last week that we were going to be focusing on a specific topic today. Yes. What is that topic? Love bombing. Oh, it's going to be awesome today, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. not just for the beginning. Oh, no, not at all, no. This is going to be very interesting because we're going to be revealing some um, secrets about love bombing. We're going to be showing you how to recognize it and giving you some nice scenarios. And we're also going to be showing you how to deal with it so that you don't fall victim uh, to this thing. So let's kind of figure out what is love bombing to start with. Do you have an idea what love bombing really is? Huh. So... The thing that's out there, which a lot of people talk about when they're talking about this kind of thing, is it's like a bomb of love. So they just shower you with affection and gifts and trips and and you're like the greatest person in the whole world and you're the person they've been waiting for their whole life and you're soulmates, you're meant to be and say all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's me. That's what love bombing is. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, um, I did some yeah, close. Yeah, I did some research. You? Yes, oh, I believe wow. it or not. You know, um, yeah. Apparently, it came about in the seventies, and it was as a result of some religious people. Oh. Yeah, being very loving and kind, and they had some very specific tactics that they would use to get people to join up their little group cult and then basically it's a lot of sense actually so then um yeah the person you know gets all involved and then just stops right mm -hmm. but the initial interactions yeah that's how the term came about yeah and what's interesting about the love bombing term or the term love bomb is that people tend to treat it like if it's two different things because it feels like it you know, in the mm. beginning of the relationship, as you just described, that person is really kind and over the top and they do all kind of stuff for you. Mm -hmm. And then it just stops. Oh, another thing I didn't mention, how fast it is. Mm. Things go very fast. Interesting. In the love bombing stage. Because they want to get you, right? So mm -hmm. they, they want to do it as fast as possible. Interesting. So yeah. carry on. So, well, I like that. So, yeah, we're kind of jumping into all the different ways that people kind of recognize it in terms of after effects. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I want to bring to people's attention is love bombing is really a single thing. We treat it like two things, but it's really one thing that's happening to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so most people describe it like, yeah, two things happen because it's, it, it's intended to confuse you. So the loving that you're really getting is not love at all. Yeah. It is love bombing from the get-go. And that's why we want to be able to help you to recognize the love bombing from the get-go instead mm -hmm. of thinking, I was being loved mm -hmm. and everything was going so well, then it just stopped. No, you were never being loved. Mm -hmm. You were being got up. Yep. And that's that's where you know this whole episode is gonna go today. 
we're going to be pointing out, you know, how to recognize that you're actually being love bombed during the time that it feels good. Yes. Yeah, and they, they seem so genuine mm-hmm. when they're doing it, too. Yep. They're masters of that. Mm-hmm. You think they're this amazing, just so nice, generous person. Mm-hmm. So here's one of the tells. First tell is, if they're doing it, and it's like a show. Whenever they're mm-hmm. doing it in that initial stage and it feels really good, there's usually other people around. Like, you know, a real show of love in a restaurant or a trip and they tell everybody, oh yeah, we're going away. I'm kicking this person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always a show. That's one of the first tells that you're actually being love bombed and it still feels good. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Have yeah. you ever experienced that before? <laughs> yes. Oh, that was fast. No hesitation. Uh, tell me about it. Tell me about a time that you were love bombed in front of everyone. See, my two situations, well, mm-hmm. two different people that I've experienced this with, there wasn't a lot of people around. So the first one. There isn't really anybody around. Mm, like, interesting. He had no friends. Ah, but he pretended he... he had friends, but there was there was no group or anything. Mm-hmm. But did he tell people about it, or did he constantly remind yeah, you he... what you what he did for you? He he yeah he definitely told the people that he knew about it. So that's the factor. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Right in a functional relationship. People tend to be a little bit more private with their intimacy. Mm-hmm. They want to share that stuff just between themselves. Mm-hmm. And the second one, though, mm-hmm. that's a different story. The second one, there was a group of friends, mm-hmm. and there was, yeah, I felt like um, I didn't see it at the time, but looking back, I was like a like a trophy. He wanted to win this trophy. Mm, you felt like if you were being showed off. Oh yeah. Look at look at my new friend because I was not interested in a relationship whatsoever when I met that one. Mm-hmm. But he he brought me around all the friends and showed me off and yeah, there was definitely the audience with the second one. Interesting. So that's one of the key tells that you're being love bomb. It feels good. It's happening fast, mm-hmm. but it's always a show. It's never private. It's never personal. Mm-hmm. It has to be on show. Yep. But you feel good. Yep. And a lot of the time, it's over the top. Yes. Things mm-hmm. like expensive jewelry, flowers, expensive trips. Oh, don't get me started on flowers. Yep. It's all about the visual or the optics, as they would say. Mm-hmm. It has to look a certain way. Everything has to be perfect. Uh huh. Yep. Those are all the tells. What's with these narcs and flowers? Like, they love their flowers. Yeah, because it's a good show. They're colorful, they're beautiful, and people I've, like to see when you get them. I've learned to hate flowers. Aww. I don't ever want to get flowers. Never? Every time I got flowers was either A, in the love bombing, initial love bombing stage, mm-hmm. or B, after my ex just uh, called me all kinds of names and blew up and went into his rage. Mm-hmm. It was the day after he gave me flowers to apologize. Yep. That's all part of love bombing and we're going to get into that one a little later. 
The the next thing you want to watch for in the wonderful stage when everything is feeling so good is the environment that you're in. When mm-hmm. everyone else around you tells you, oh, that's so nice. You know, like you went on a date and then the next week somehow flowers show up at the office or, you know, your friends are calling you and saying, oh, I heard that you went out with this person or I saw pictures of you on mm-hmm. social media and, you know, it's like, it's out there. Mm-hmm. They're advertising you. They're showing you off. Everyone can see it. And that environment around you says, this is good. Yeah. You two make a lovely couple and everybody has opinions on it. And you're somehow feeling a little uncomfortable because you're thinking, this is only our third date. Yeah, it's happening so fast. Yeah, like, what's what's going on? And then you're, you're being made to feel guilty. Like, oh, I wish somebody would take me out like that. Oh, I wish someone would take me on a cruise or, you know, a trip to some faraway place in the first two months of just mm-hmm. having met each other. Mm-hmm. Um, come on, it's like romance, isn't it? It's a whirlwind so effect. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody says that. And then mm-hmm. you feel like, I don't know. This doesn't oh, feel right. Yeah, something just doesn't feel right. That's another tell. In the feel good stage, if it still doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. trust your instincts. Mm-hmm. You're being love bombed. Something feeling good and something feeling right are two different things. Yes. Absolutely <laughs> true. Ooh, I love that one. <laughs> yeah. That's like that's actually really exciting. I love how you've put that. That's exactly what it's like. It's like this internal, mm-hmm. you know, instinct and something inside of you is like, this just doesn't feel right. But he's so nice. It feels good. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't feel right. Something strange about this. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, I'm going to go into the next one. This one is even killer, quite. It's tied to this one. So, you know, you're not feeling just right, and you're saying to yourself, it's just something that doesn't click here. So then you, you know, you try to have those conversations with that person. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you kind of realize, like, you're, you're so confident and over the top. But somehow, you still seem like if you have like a low self-esteem. Have you ever seen that in a relationship? Like that person is so confident when they're around the crowd mm. and they're so charismatic. Oh, but yeah. then when you're alone with them, they're a little bit of a sad sack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. I remember that from second uh, person I was with. All around his crowd and whatever, of course, there was always alcohol. Those people never got together without alcohol. We'll definitely get into the alcohol thing. Liquid courage? Yeah. Yeah, it was always, he was always so happy and so positive and had such a good time in this group of people. But then it would be home, just the two of us, and it would be like two different people. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, that's not the person that I was with last night. Like, this person I'm with now is just not saying anything. Just, like, it is a totally different person. Is it like a low energy kind yes, of feeling? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when they're not, when they don't fully have the mask on. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when they're out in public, the mask is fully on. 
when you get home, it's it's never completely off because they never they can't allow themselves completely take their mask off, which means being vulnerable and showing who they truly are. Mm-hmm. They can't do that. They don't have the capacity to do that. Have you ever watched one of those um, like thriller movies or fairy tale kind of things where this person looks beautiful, you know, when you're looking at them, but then they stand in front of a mirror and you can see the ugliness in the mirror. Mm. And it's like if they spell, you know, that they cast so that everyone can see um, the impression that they want to have. But the mirror is able to see the real them. And that's how I think it is. In that moment when you are alone with them, it's almost like you can reflect and you can see that different person in front of you and you're wondering because it's like have you ever seen the ones where like the face starts to melt away or yep. something and the beauty turns into ugliness mm-hmm. and you start to wonder it's like did i really see that did i really see a bit of ugliness there just now mm-hmm. can, can you picture what i'm saying to I, you? I got chills when you said that <laughs> yeah it's kind of like that you know wow. And, and so what happens then is that you start to pull on that thread just a little bit, you know, because you start to wonder, it's like, you're always so outgoing. You're always so friendly. Mm-hmm. But when we're alone. It's, it's silence. Yeah, silence, low energy. They're complaining about a lot of stuff. They're mm-hmm. really negative all of a sudden. And you're like, I, I wonder what's happening here. Mm-hmm. That's your tell. Yep. Yeah, I realized... I didn't realize at the time, or I didn't think about it, mm-hmm. one of the two, but there was really nothing to talk about. Without the alcohol, we, we couldn't hold a, a conversation. Mm-hmm. There was Very interesting. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that when they were with their group of friends, the stories kind of were like revolving? It's oh, almost like yeah. I've heard that story like, before. Oh man, I've heard the same story, the same jokes so many times. Like they don't have anything. Well, in my situation, he didn't have anything new. It was all the same stuff just over and over. Every new person that'll listen. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. And then this, I, I gotta say this one time, uh, we were at with friends, someone's property having drinks or whatever and uh <laughs> we had just gone back to the place i grew up mm-hmm. we did a trip there and it was for my friend's wedding so i had to find uh, a nice dress to go to the wedding i wasn't a bridesmaid or anything like that i was just attending but looking for this dress in the mall and he came shopping with me oh that was a big fun oh man um yeah, I looked at a bunch. None really matched what I was looking for. Because it's a wedding, so you can't go too casual. You can't go too dressy. And he would pick out things, and I'm like, no, that's too casual. And every time I I rejected his, his uh, suggestion, mm-hmm. he would get more and more annoyed. Mm. And then I became just this horribly picky person. But anyways, so we're around a fire, and uh, so he's complaining about shopping with me for this dress and how picky I am. He's complaining about, oh, I couldn't just make up my mind and pick one, and 
there was always something wrong with everyone and whatever. And uh, another friend, a, a girlfriend, someone I thought was my girlfriend, but anyway, she started talking to him about it and she's trying to make him understand, like, you, you know, for a woman, it's gotta, there's got to be a bunch of different factors. It's got to fit the event you're going to. It's got to, you got to feel good in it. It's got to fit properly. And she's, she's trying to make him understand how it is because obviously he's not a woman, so he doesn't know the way it is for us. And he just kept repeating the same, the same things he said over and over again. And I'm sitting there listening to them go back and forth. And I, I just had this, this light bulb come in my brain and it's like, he really only has one level. There, he has nothing new. He's got mm -hmm. no argument. He's trying to argue, but there's no argument. He just keeps repeating the same thing. And I'm like, wow, he really doesn't listen and he doesn't learn from what he's nope. hearing and he doesn't change. Like, yeah. yeah, that's when I realized he had one level. It's he a persistent pattern. Yeah. He can't level up. Nope. And that's the other tell. So when you start to pull on the thread of your discomfort, of that thing that doesn't feel right. And you start to realize, well, you know, most people, if you tell them something about themselves and you reflect on them, you know, they tend to reflect with you mm -hmm. and say, hmm, I never realized that about me. Yeah. You know, maybe I might want to change something or I want to improve or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, not with these guys. No. No. So what they do is that they try to distract you. Mm. The moment you start to pull on the thread, they actually try to distract you. So they'll always go for something bigger and shinier, or they'll get really angry and upset. Mm -hmm. They'll say something like, you're hurting me. You know, I didn't mean anything by it. And, no, and he they took it the wrong way. Yep. Flip it on you. <laughs> because now you're beginning to look a little bit more closely in the mirror. And you can see that that face is kind of melting away. So you're not looking at them anymore. Mm. You're actually looking at their reflection in the mirror that you are holding up to them. Because they don't like the sight of themselves. No. <laughs> when you start to repeat back to them what they said. Yep. You know, have you ever done that? When you repeat <laughs> back to them what they say? Oh, you took it the wrong way. Are you making me look bad? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Those are your tells. <laughs> mm -hmm. Actually, they sometimes have violent outbursts when you reflect back to them what they said. Yep. I have a, another experience mm -hmm. that happened like that. Awesome. Um, yeah. My, uh, the first one. We, I don't remember the exact situation, but we had gotten back home. And we were arguing about something. Oh, it was because I was talking to my sister again. He was very upset about that. Mm. Um, just because, you know, he's a narc. But anyway, um, so I, I went into the spare room and tried to let him cool off. And they, what I learned is that they don't, time doesn't cool them off. They just get angrier, that they just, they just start seething more and more. Mm -hmm. and it festers. So anyway, he came in and, he was still yelling at me and I said something to him that he had said to me earlier and that like triggered him and that set him off. 
And he was really pissed that I repeated something that he had said. And I'm so confused in that moment. Cause I'm like, this, you're the one that said this. I'm just repeating it. Why you're getting so angry. I, it's so confusing and it makes no sense. So you're left there like, what just happened? I'll tell you what happened. Because I actually have a theory or a way that I try to communicate this. And I find that to be, I think it's a little profound that I came up with this. But maybe somebody else said it. I don't know. But, you know, you can always drop a comment in any of our <laughs> channels and tell us, you know, whatever medium you use to listen to us, YouTube, Spotify, um, RSS, you know, we're on everything. Um, but you let us know. Give us some feedback because feedback from last week was really awesome. Yeah. Not to the point here, no. Um, so here's how we look at this. Okay. When you're dating a narcissist, you don't know that you are. Just seems like a really nice person. Mm -hmm. Your environment says, this is a nice person. All your priming and programming says, this is what a nice person is supposed to be like. Everything on TV says, you're supposed to be treated like this. Because mm -hmm. this is good dating. What they're trying to do is to get you into a state. And that specific state requires two things to happen. So we're going to use the acronym DO. D-O-Do. -do. And the D is for dependent. And the O is for obligation. Because oh, they yeah. want you to do something. You want to, they want you to feel like you need to do something when they treat you like this. No, mm -hmm. you're going to realize it. Because maybe you're being in one of these relationships and now that I'm telling it to you, you're going to start to reflect on it. So what happens is this person is treating you really nicely. You know, first couple of dates, you know, opening the door for you, um, mm -hmm. you know, taking you to the fancy restaurant, picking yeah. you up in a nice car, you know, showing off to all the friends, telling everybody that they're dating you now, how special you are. Mm -hmm. you know, everything is all over the top. It's moving really fast. Mm -hmm. Right. The whole point there is they want you to become obligated to them. You owe them something. Mm -hmm. So now you feel that you need to do something to like kind of match, you know, because you're just trying to get to know them. Yeah. But they're acting like if, oh, we're so far ahead and oh, you got to keep up now. And that's, that's the whole point that they're trying to drive this process and drag you along. And you can tell you have the feeling like if they're driving everything and you're just dragging along behind. Have you ever been on like a sled or something that someone is pulling? Yeah. And it feels like, wee, feels so good till it hits a bump and you kind of fly off, but you're still hanging on. You know, you're just being dragged through the snow and you're cold and wet. Uh, that's kind of like being in a relationship with a narcissist. Everything is happening so fast. Mm -hmm. You're driving, you're dragging. And it used to be fun at one point, but this fun thing all of a sudden turns into no fun at all exactly and then what happens is in an instant you get transformed from feeling like you need to do something to what i call the fun stage for the narcissist the dog stage d-o-g you want they want you to be dependent they want you to be obligated and then gotten when you are gotten the moment you say to them Yes, I will be in this relationship with you. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love you. The moment you are gotten, you are now their dog. 
I'm telling you. So if you're a female, you're a bitch. Whether <laughs> or not you like it. So that's how they're going to treat you. Oh, yeah. 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 So that person who used to text you first thing in the morning and they would say things like, I love you. Hope you had a good sleep. Now uh-huh. they're texting you at night. And then not see the phone, you jerk. <laughs> texting you yesterday. Where were you? Mm. They're still messaging you. But the tone has changed because now mm. you're gotten. And when you're gotten, they start to show these little glimpses of possessiveness. And and then at first people say things to you like, Oh come on, I just really like you. Mm-hmm. Why are you so uncomfortable about? Like, look what all the other nice things they did for you. They just really like you a lot. I experienced that. The first time like I experienced someone acting all jealous, you know, and like controlling. Mm. I was so shocked because we'd had this beautiful you know, like whirlwind of an experience. And I was like heavily invested now. Mm-hmm. And just, just the moment of chatting with another person who happened to be a friend, you know, a work colleague, and seeing the jealousy monster come out in that person that you're dating. And it's like, you just happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what just happened? Who is that person? I didn't sleep with that person. Oh, no, no. Oh, I didn't kiss that person. That, that's, that can't be the same person. It drives you crazy because now you're their dog. Mm-hmm. You know, you're dependent, you're obligated, and you're gotten. And that's how they keep you. Have you ever experienced where you had to behave like a dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, the second one. Mm-hmm. At one point, it was near near the end. I had started to realize... His abusive, controlling patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about ooh, maybe eight months before mm-hmm. I actually left the relationship. So I had stopped doing a lot of things that I used to do, mm. and uh, he he didn't like that much. So uh, one time he comes home, and uh, I just I don't go up to greet him or anything, and. Uh, he tells me that he misses the days where I would just wait around for him to get home and yell excited when he got home. And that it sounds exactly like he, he didn't want a girlfriend. He wanted a dog. Yeah, you become he, their pet. A human dog. He's, he had another dog, like a real dog, but yeah. that wasn't good enough. He wanted me to be a dog. Yeah. Wag get your around tail. And wait for him to come home. Be all excited. Um, Yeah. He also wanted me to wait around, mm-hmm. not make any plans for myself. Dependent. Mm-hmm. Wait around in case he wanted to take me somewhere. Sounds like a dog to me. Yeah. Yeah, but when dog doesn't make decisions when to go to the park. <laughs> Have you ever tried to go to the park? <laughs> Air quotes there. Um, <laughs> you know, do something for yourself. And then you were kind of told when you could do it. It, it was in such a such a way that they mm-hmm. do these things. Mm-hmm. So it, they sound reasonable at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. So I had made plans with a friend this uh, Saturday morning to go on a hike. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the people in the group. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I tell, I got ready, went downstairs, and he's like, oh, you're already where are you going? 
oh, I'm, I'm going on a hike with this person. Oh, you, you didn't let me know. Like, what? Yeah, you, why, why didn't you let me know? I, w- I was planning on taking you here. Oh, well, um, hmm, okay, well, yeah, I lost my train of thought there. No, because but, it's so confusing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, why, why would I need to let you know? Well, I, I had plans to do this thing, and, and now you're doing this thing instead. It's really funny to actually watch you try to relive a moment. <laughs> And actually experience the same level of confusion. <laughs> Where you actually lose your mind for a moment is like, what? It's so hard to talk nonsense. Yes. Saying something that makes no sense. To, it's really hard to say something that makes no sense to you. That's you what mean? it is. It's the confusion that they create. Like, when, when they do this stuff to you, it actually paralyzes your brain. Because your brain is accustomed to logical patterns. Mm-hmm. You know, cause and effect. You know, if you do this thing, it has consequences or effects or whatever. But when you're in a narcissistic, abusive type relationship, uh, nothing makes any sense. You know, like, for example, you know, you could teach a person, let's say a habit, like, you know, if you press this button, you get this thing. Mm-hmm. With a narcissist, uh, you could press that button over and over and you will not get the same reaction. You will not get the same response. One day, they're going to just hug you and kiss you and love you and say, thanks for pressing that button. You press that button tomorrow, they're going to slap you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, what just happened? I thought you liked the button press. I don't know what you would ever think I would want that to happen. And then the next day they'll say, I don't know why you don't press the button no more. You used to like to press the button. That's what happens to your brain. Your brain like starts to freeze. It's like, does not compute. And it was really (laughs) funny watching your face just now. (laughs) You're trying to relive the moment of uh, you were planning something for me that you didn't tell me. And it was my responsibility to tell you what I'm planning because I should know that you were planning something and it's just like not logical. Uh-huh. Like that's how they do it. So subtle. Mm-hmm. These are the effects of being love bombed. These are the effects that you feel in terms of the negative side. And the negative ones are a lot more obvious once you're gotten. Once you're obligated and gotten, it begins to feel like really uncomfortable. So how do they keep you? Why do we stay? Mm, wow. Why do we stay? It's, why is this pattern so effective on some people that they stay in a relationship? They're, you're uncomfortable. Something didn't feel right when you started to date that person. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel right. But you kept going. You get what I'm saying, right? Did yeah. that happen to you? Yep. Yeah. Didn't feel right. But you kept going. Yep. Every single time you said, I'm going to pull away. Oh, he would get all upset. The pull tears, the strings. The mm-hmm. tears would come. Mm-hmm. Like, God, oh, you're the best person I ever met. And I, I'm I'm just I'm so happy with you. Oh, yeah, the tears, the guilt. Yeah. Look what you're doing to me. 
Mm-hmm. I love you so much, and you're not reciprocating, so you're hurting me. Yeah, you led me on. Oh, this is oh. your this is your fault that oh, this has happened to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. So here's the thing. We're gonna kind of close up on this one today, but I hope that you've gotten the message in this first, you know, chat on love bombing. It's it's gonna be a revolving topic. It's gonna come around a couple more times. Yeah. Here's the thing. We want you to capture it long before we did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want you to spend more than a minute if you can um, in a relationship that makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And now, here's the thing about narcissism. And it takes a trained specialist <laughs> months to sometimes figure out that that person is, you know, uh, having a narcissistic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. So it is tricky to diagnose. Yeah. However, if you follow some of these tips that we're giving you, uh, you'll save yourself a lot of grief and a lot of time. So here, here's my tips for you. Um, you know, from our experiences that we've learned, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the first tip is if it feels uncomfortable, trust your instincts. Don't yeah. commit to anything. Don't be gotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Um, do not be dragged while that person is driving towards a relationship of commitment with you. A good date should be balanced. Mm-hmm. They're interested in being with you you're interested in being with them, but you don't lose yourself. Mm. Yeah? You still get to be yourself, do all the things that you're accustomed to doing or wanting to do without having to feel like if you need to give yourself. Mm. You know? Because what usually happens when you start to date a narcissist is that they start to consume you. Oh, yeah. Things that you would normally do personally that they would have no interest in ever doing before they would want to start doing, you know, they, they met you, let's say in the supermarket and, you know, you said to them, Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to go on a date with you. And they, they listen to you very carefully and they kind of figure out, Oh, you like this. You like that. I like those things too. Mm. You're very agreeable. Oh yeah. They like everything you like. Now the way to tell if somebody authentically likes what you like is to, Kind of check your, you know, check your pictures, you know? Like, when you go, when you say, I like hiking, and he says, I like hiking too. Take photos when you're on the hike. Mm. See if they're really enjoying themselves, or if they're spending all the time trying to make sure that you're enjoying yourself. And then you, because you're having all this attention, and you're experiencing all these dopamine rushes, because it feels good, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel right. Because if he enjoys hiking, he should be enjoying it too. Yep. And if he's all focused on you, he's love bombing you. And he's focused only on making sure that you are having a good time. Check your photos. Take a lot of pictures when you're on dates. Mm-hmm. It yep. kind of helps you to be able to assess later on if this person is being authentic and genuine or if they're just trying to like what you like. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Yeah, pictures. Pictures is a big one. Yep. Yeah, especially in hindsight. Yes, that's <laughs> why we're teaching you to do it early so you don't have to wait five years later to kind of look back at those pictures like we did 
And it's like, oh yeah, look at that face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was something devious about this. Mm-hmm. You know, here I am enjoying myself. And he's looking at me with this kind of like furrowed brow. You know, it's like he's hunting a deer or something. It's like, I'm going to get you. You can see the I am going to get you in the photos. Yep. Especially the ones that they're not aware that you're taking. Mm-hmm. So always take multiple shots when you're on a date. That's <laughs> how you can assess whether or not you know you're likely dating a narcissist. Yeah, yeah. Do you think yeah. we want to wrap it up here today? Because oh, yeah. this been a lot yep. to listen to, a lot to take in. We're going to revisit a lot more of these topics and oh, give yeah. you a lot more clues of what to look for to avoid the narcs on your dates and to help you to find. You know, genuine fun people that you can have a great time with. No, hey, nothing against narcissistic people out there. You know, um, they're people too. They got problems. Oh yeah, that they need help with. They got lots of problems. <laughs> lots of problems. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I'm not being unkind. I'm not saying they don't need love, but you gotta understand, people with narcissistic personality disorder have some very severe childhood issues that need help mm-hmm. to resolve and. The best thing you could do for them is not get involved in a relationship with them so they can go get some help. If they want to. If they want to, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe then, you know, they'll be better partners. Yeah. But for now. Yep. I just wanted to say one more thing. Oh, well, I'm, I'm excited to hear it. We got some new equipment. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a wrap for the second episode. And uh, oh, you're gonna press buttons, ain't you? Yeah, I'm gonna press the button. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, uh, you like these buttons. <laughs> you know, again, thanks for your <laughs> feedback from our first episode. We got the new equipment because we wanted to make the improvements that you asked for. Um, thanks to our listeners in the US and to have more fun. Oh, definitely more fun. Uh, we had people out of Europe, like, we had a lot of different people. Yeah. I'm really impressed with our analytics and that was only our first show. This is our second one, so tell your friends to listen because you know they're gonna need this information too. Thanks mm-hmm. a lot for listening to the Tiffany and Tyron podcast. You yeah. have a great week. Well talk to you next time. Okay, bye now.